All right, welcome back to the Veterans Now radio program. I'm your host, Jack Venus. I am still here at the, the, the great Kessler Foundation that does incredible work uh, for, for people with disabilities, and specifically, in, in my case, uh, veterans with disabilities. They do incredible work. I'm sitting here with Justin Stanley. He plays a critical role at the Kessler Foundation, uh, and he helps scientists recruit the participants they need for their studies. Justin, could you tell us a little bit about, about yourself, what you do here at Kessler, and uh, some of the responsibilities you have? Absolutely. So my background is working with people with brain injury. For about nine years, I was a helpline specialist and helpline coordinator at the Brain Injury Alliance of New Jersey. So I've certainly worked with veterans before and definitely recognize that veterans come back from service with a lot of disabling conditions, uh, brain injury as well as Gulf War illness, which is the focus of Dr. Wiley's study. So my role is basically to get the word out about our studies. I do that through public presentations, I go to support groups, I go to community organizations, and now I'm happily talking to you on this radio show, and I thank you for that. Well, we're, we're happy to have you. And, 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 you know, if you could delve a little bit deeper into what, you know, when you're out there and talking to the community, what's the message you're giving about what Kessler does, whether it be the, the brain injury the, the, or the Gulf War studies? What, what is the message you're giving to veterans, to service providers, uh, that Kessler brings to the table? I guess the big thing to say about Kessler is that every bit of research we do is focused on clinical utility. So we do research that is going to be directly translated to helping people get a better quality of care. In the case of this study, as Dr. Wiley said, there are so many veterans struggling with debilitating fatigue and really not a lot known about the causes of this fatigue, but we definitely see the impact of it. Um, day-to-day, veterans complaining about problems getting, uh, coping with the physical and the cognitive demands of their day-to-day life. So the key point I want to get across about what Kessler does is we don't do research in an academic ivory tower kind of way. Our research goes directly to doctors and therapists and other treating clinicians and directly improves patients and everyone else's quality of life. If we could then, I mean, you deal with veterans, you deal with people with disabilities who aren't veterans. What is your, I guess, is there a difference between dealing with the two populations and dealing with the, the two di- uh, demographics? Is there, is there a different way you approach the veteran community or, or their service providers? You know, I think that everybody who is affected by a disability or knows someone with a disability, whether or not they're a veteran, has a sense of what an uphill battle it is for these people to get the right care. And maybe veterans are a little bit more sensitive to that because of the high incidences of disabling conditions um, because of what they go through. So I don't know if there's so much of a different approach that I have. I'm, I'm always bringing the same message to everybody. Maybe the difference is the, the veterans sensitivity and receptivity to the importance of volunteering for research. Because, you know, no research gets done without volunteers uh, taking some of their time and coming to us and helping us study these questions. I think veterans are extremely sensitive to what it means to provide service and what it means to give back to the community. Well, that, I think that's well said, and I, that's, that's what, pretty much what I would expect for you to hear. But do you ever get pushback? Um, from veterans who don't want to participate, from their family members who might not want to participate? And if you do, what's your way of alleviating some of those concerns? I personally have not experienced pushback, but I could see it happening because there are many organizations out there that are making requests on veterans' time. 
um, wanting them to speak about various issues, wanting to contribute their time. And, you know, these are individuals who have served, um, are, are dealing with health conditions, and their time is very valuable. So I guess how I would address those concerns would be to say that we're going to let you know up front um, what we're going to need from you. So in the case of this study, we're going to talk about how many hours it's going to take and what, what kinds of tasks we'll be performing. And we are going to let the community know when we finish the study what the results are and how we think it will improve clinical services to veterans. So we are not going to sell you a bill of goods without telling you what it is that you're going to get out of it and what it is that veterans as a whole are going to get out of it. That's great. How about you tell our listeners what's involved in the actual study? So what, 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 is, it, what is required of a veteran uh, when they're a part of the study? What, what, what do they go through? This study, uh, we are trying to answer important questions about the health-related quality of life in veterans. Um, specifically, we're looking at the issue of fatigue. So we're hoping to hear from Gulf War era veterans, Desert Storm, Desert Shield, uh, OEF, OIF, and OND, and between the ages of 18 to 65, um, with or without Gulf War illness. I, I want to emphasize that because we're looking to work with people who have this condition and also what we would call healthy controls or people who do not have this condition. Something to compare with. Exactly. Right. So you, yeah. you find the veteran who has the fatigues and the Gulf War illness, but you find the veteran who doesn't, so you can see exactly what difference in their behavior, in their scans, uh, and you can ba basically, I guess, pull from that. That's the research, I guess. That's right. That's right, because we have, um, we have an, an MRI, uh, which allows us to do brain scans, okay. and it's a very powerful MRI. Uh, we are, in fact, the only wholly research-based organization in the country that has its MRI to do, its own MRI to do this kind of work. So I think that's really special. And by scanning both populations, we're going to learn something about brain changes that happen as a result of Gulf War illness, which is going to have tremendous utility for the treatment of this condition. And the veterans don't pay for this MRI, right? No, no. In, in fact, we are going to provide $100 compensation in appreciation for uh, our volunteers' time. That's fantastic. And are you looking for a geographic region? Are we looking for veterans who live in the, in the West Orange area, New Jersey, uh, New York City, or can they travel to come see you guys? We're looking for everybody. So you do have to come here because it's at Kessler Foundation in West Orange where our scanner is. So you'll be taking surveys so that we can learn about your health-related quality of life and your fatigue, and then you'll do a brain scan. Uh, and, you know, because it involves travel, we are possibly able to provide overnight stay accommodation for folks who are traveling more than 90 miles from West Orange. But it's, it's not difficult to get to West Orange. We're right by Newark Airport. We're about 15-minute drive away from Newark Airport. Uh, we're located off of major highways by New York City. So we will take all comers. If you want to contribute to this study and help us learn more about Gulf War illness, then we'll take people from all over the country. I think we've had um, at least one person come out from California. Wow. Kessler Foundation is obviously known throughout the country as, as the standard bearer for dealing with, with some of these issues, and honestly, internationally. It's a, it's a name that precedes itself uh, and has a wonderful reputation, so it doesn't shock me that veterans from across the country uh, would want to come out and, and participate in this. And in our listening audience, we have veterans from across the country, uh, and I encourage you to, to get involved. Kessler is, is, as you've heard us say many, many times before, they've helped us with our, our, our job training programs that we've created in the past. 
Kessler is the rock that is helping the veterans with the disability and the veterans in the community uh, move past this uh, this uh, this time period and this generation of of, of uh, I guess difficulty. And I, I really think that Kessler is a, a great place and a, a place that veterans can uh, can feel comfortable. Now, last question, Justin, tell me. Um, What's the time time requirements for a veteran? How long are they here? Are they here for a day, uh, two days? How long is it? I'm going to turn that to Dr. Wiley, who can give more information about the specific study requirements. So when we get when we get back to Dr. Wiley, I want to thank you, Justin, uh, for being a part of this uh, and for giving us the information you have. Uh, your information will be up on our website, uh, and we'll we will get that out. How can people get in touch with you if they do want to sign up? So you can reach me via phone, which is nine seven three. Two four three six eight one two. You can go to our website, which is www.kesslerfoundation.org, and right on the website there is a form you can fill out to get in contact with me, or you can email me directly, J Stanley. So that's the letter J and then S T A N L E Y at kesslerfoundation.org. Fantastic, Justin. I really appreciate your assistance. And, and on behalf of uh, the veteran community we represent, I want to thank you for all the work you're doing to help our veterans uh, transition home uh, and deal with illnesses that are sometimes now two or three decades old. I, want, I really want to thank you. Well, well, thank you for this opportunity to speak to the veterans that you serve. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Justin. All right, welcome back to the Veterans Now radio program. I'm your host, Jack Venus, and I am still here at the wonderful Kessler Foundation uh, where they do incredible work with uh, individuals with disabilities, veterans with disabilities, uh, and they have been an incredible partner of the GI Go Funds for many, many years, uh, helping us help veterans with disabilities find jobs. Uh, and I am, I am really, really glad to be here with uh, Dr. Glenn Wiley, Associate Director of Neuroscience Research and the Rocco Ortenzi Neuroimaging Center at Kessler Foundation. Uh, Dr. Wally, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. Did I, did I get all those, uh, all those names right? It sound, I should have practiced before we do. <laughs> it's a Rocco Ortenzio Neuroimaging Center. Okay, there it yeah. is. Rocco Ortenzio Neuroimaging Center at Kessler Foundation. So, Dr. Wiley, you focus specifically on uh, helping veterans cope with, the, with Gulf War illness. Before we even get into what you do, how about you tell our listeners who might not know, what is Gulf War illness? Veterans who went to the Gulf um, for the first Gulf War, um, about 25% of them, when they came back, they found that they suffered from um, pain, unexplained pain, unexplained fatigue, and also some cognitive problems. Those are the three main problems that, that these folks um, suffer with. This study that, um, that I've been working on is looking specifically at the fatigue. And um, there are different kinds of fatigue. Of course, you feel fatigued if you go out and you exercise. But you can also feel fatigue if you, you know, do your taxes, right? You know, there's <laughs> cognitive fatigue, sure. um, mental fatigue. And that's the fatigue that, um, that, or one of the main kinds of fatigue that these um, veterans suffer from. Uh, and it's really poorly understood um, where it comes from and what, can, what we can do to help with it. So that's what we're looking at. Sure. So when you say uh, fatigue and cognitive fatigue, you know, are there things? Are there specific numbers of veterans that we know now for, that served in the Gulf War that suffered from it? Yeah. So about twenty five percent of of veterans who came back have Gulf War illness, um, and Gulf War illness is usually defined as having two of those three things: so pain, fatigue, and cognitive problems. Two out of three you have Gulf War illness. Um, so 
having fatigue is, is a big deal. I mean, it's, it's, a lot of, it's a lot of veterans. Do we believe in your research that something environmentally in, influenced this in, in, while they were serving in the Gulf? Or do we know what's causing this in any way? Yeah, that's something that we're still looking into. Uh, and it's, it's not well understood why this has happened and right. what, go, go, what Gulf War illness is uh, related to. Um, and we're not really trying to tackle that in this study. What sure. we're trying to look at is um, the fatigue in the brain of the folks who suffer from um, Gulf War illness and what, what's happening in their brains. So, I mean, I, I guess the reason I was asking that question is because, so we just, this Gulf War illness is, is focusing on veterans who served in, during the Persian Gulf War in the early 90s, correct? Yes, correct. So, but the, the veterans that are serving in Iraq since September the 11th are serving in the same environment, in the same geographic location. Is there any, any expectation that veterans from the post-9-11 era will also suffer from Gulf War illness? Is that something that's not a scope of your study? or That's beyond the scope of, of our study. Um, the, but I can say that what we are finding is more generally applicable because another line of our research is to look at um, fatigue associated with other um, conditions such as traumatic brain um, injury or multiple sclerosis, and we're finding similar patterns of brain activity across these different populations. Um, and of course, traumatic brain injury is, a, is an ongoing problem um, in the military and elsewhere. How about you focus a little bit on, because I mean, I know that Kessler Foundation, um, if, if anybody were to come to me with, with, a, with a disability or with Gulf War illness or with some kind of uh, disability that they needed help with, the first place I would tell them to go to is Kessler. How about you tell us, from your perspective, why is Kessler uniquely suited to study Gulf War illness? Right. So one of the things that, that we focus on at Kessler is, um, is sort of translational research. That's, that's what it's, it's become called. And, and what we do is we start with a clinical problem, we come up with a solution um, to that problem that works, and then we go and we study why that works. Um, and so in this case, we, we um, are putting folks in the scanner to find out more about cognitive fatigue. And once we understand the mechanism then we can use that information to either um, generate um, an intervention or to tweak an intervention that already works to make it even better. Would you say that the treatment for Gulf War illness could potentially be different for each individual veteran? Is that what I'm hearing? I wouldn't say that, and we're not really at that point yet. We have some ideas on how to treat Gulf War illness um, and to help with fatigue, uh, but we're in the very early stages of that. Um, but one one. Uh, strong possibility is to exercise more. Really? Yeah, that seems to. I find that to make me more fatigued. But <laughs> it does in the short term. Absolutely, it does in the short term. But it seems to have longer term effects that are beneficial. So um, it's one of those things where you kind of have to go through that. Sure, doctors initial. have been telling me that for years. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about the tools that that Kessler brings to the table for uh, for, for this study. So we have um, a research dedicated um, three Tesla uh, MRI machine. And we're the only rehab um, research organization in the country that, that does have a research-dedicated MRI machine. So that sort of puts us in our own little uh, very good category. Um, and so that's, so, and that's what we're using in this study to, to understand. When we talk about the study and the importance of the study, 
obviously the the main focus of this study is benefiting veterans, right? I mean, ultimately, we wouldn't have this study, we wouldn't be focusing on Gulf War illness if we didn't care about improving the lives of our veterans, yep. right? So how how do you imagine that this study will improve the lives of veterans? Well, in order to, in order to come up with an intervention that's going to help with fatigue and Gulf War illness, we first have to understand what's going on in the brain um, in, in, um, in these veterans. Uh, and so that understanding is foundational to anything that, that we do afterwards. Sure. Um, and so that, and that's what the study is designed to do. It's designed to understand what's happening in the brain of these folks so that we can generate an intervention uh, and then we can study how the brain changes um, as we intervene and as we help with fatigue. Have, have you had enough data so far to, to start seeing where you believe the differences are? Are you, are you starting to get some good feedback? We are, yeah. We have, um, we have enough data to, to have a pretty good idea of what's going on. It looks like um, there, is, there are differences in the um, basal ganglia, which is a structure deep inside the brain, kind of in the middle. And uh, it's associated with um, motivation and reward. Um, and it, it seems to be less responsive in the folks who have fatigue. And is this something, again, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued by the idea of Gulf War illness. Because, you know, during Vietnam, there was Agent Orange and the illnesses that came from Agent Orange, right? But we know that something happened um, to those veterans. They were exposed to something during Vietnam. Is, is Gulf War illness... Theoretically, now this is just a question. I don't know if you have an answer for it. Theoretically, is it something that affects all military veterans uh, or could potentially affect all military veterans? Is it something that could be linked to service itself or is it something that you believe could be linked to where they served? That's really hard to know. And, you know, and, and one of the difficulties has been that um, people have, have looked and they said, oh, you know, maybe it's this chemical that, that these veterans were exposed to. Because, you know, here's, here's this veteran and he has Gulf War illness and he was exposed to this chemical. But then his buddy who was standing right next to him was also exposed to the chemical on the same day in the same way and doesn't have Gulf War illness. And so it's been really hard to nail down exactly what it, what it comes from. Right. This is a, a broader conversation in the veteran community that we always have and we've had on this show several times. I mean, what we call now PTSD or post-traumatic stress disorder uh, after World War II was called battle fatigue, after Vietnam was called uh, shell shock. I mean, it's, it's, the, the terminology was different and we thought they were unique to those battles and then it turned out after years of study, and I'm hoping that maybe your, your research will, 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 will prove this out, that this is something that veterans themselves in general can be facing regardless of where they serve. And maybe this is something the VA needs to look at as far as VA compensation uh, and disability compensation for the entire veteran community. I, I'm just curious because it sounds like um, if it's not environmental and we're not positive it's environmental, that it's possible that it's something that affects veterans based on their service. I guess it's possible. I mean, one, one thing that, that I do think is, is an important aspect of this study is that for a long time, um, veterans with Gulf War illness um, were just sort of pushed aside and said, you know, it's, sure. it's, not, it's all in your head or, you know, it's not real. Yeah. And, yeah, sure. And, um, and what we're showing is that there really are measurable, um, objective changes in the brain. And, you know, that's, that's evidence that you can take back to the VA, for example, and say, look, you know, this is a real thing.
which is great. I mean, veteran veterans and, and veteran service providers uh, and veteran service officers who are always focused on getting claims within the VA to get disability compensation, we're always looking for data. You know, that's really what it's always about. I've, I've been before VA judges. I've been down in, in Washington talking with the VA to discuss whether it be diabetes linked to, to Agent Orange disease. You're always looking for data, and they're always looking for data from places like Kessler. So I, I can't thank you enough for providing this data or going out and researching to look for this data and uh, compiling it, essentially, because this is the information that veterans need, whether it be just treating the illness itself, but also having the VA recognize it as something that should be compensated is a struggle and something that takes sometimes decades. So uh, I, think it's a, I think it's fantastic work. And, and if that's why I think veterans should get involved. And I, I'll give you the last word on why do you believe veterans should get involved in this study? Well, I think that, you know, this is um, a big issue for veterans with cough illness. And so um, it's important to understand it. And, and so we need veterans who have Gulf War illness to come forward and, and be part. We also need veterans who don't have Gulf War illness from the same era to come forward and be part so that we can compare um, those two cohorts, veterans who have Gulf War illness to veterans who do not have Gulf War illness. And how does a Gulf, how does a veteran know they have Gulf War illness? Suppose they have, they've never been to the VA because only 20% of veterans have gone to the VA, right? So the majority of veterans come home and don't seek care based on their service, right? So many of our listeners right now might not be enrolled in the VA. So if you have fatigue that, um, we all get fatigued, of course, right. but if you have fatigue that kind of doesn't go away when you, um, when you rest, when you go to bed, you wake up in the morning and you're still fatigued. Um, if you have this sort of intractable fatigue that makes you, that really affects your quality of life um, and that makes you not want to go out, not want to do things, um, then that's, you know that that's the kind it's of fatigue that that we're um, that we're studying here. And then, of course, if you don't have fatigue and and you ser- and you served you and you're and you're otherwise healthy, yes, right. uh, we also need you to, to come in. Have any of the people who've come in to be controls? Have you ever noticed? Have you ever realized that they actually have Gulf War illness? Some of the the guys that have come in, um, they have not had Gulf War illness because, you know, according to the, our operational definition of Gulf War illness, you need to have two of those three symptoms, sure. fatigue, pain, and cognitive problems. And um, some of the guys have come and have just had fatigue. Okay. Um, and so we've, you know, so I want to look at, at them to see if they're a special population. But sure. we don't have enough yet to really look. Okay. And I guess my last question, because I'm very intrigued by this, because I, I just find it very interesting, and it's one of those things that I think um, the VA would probably um, be interested in results. Are there any civilian disorders or disabilities that for people who never served that can be correlated to Gulf War illness, meaning the same level of fatigue and, and, and all the other factors, are there civilians that suffer from it? And there definitely are civilians that suffer from fatigue, which is comparable, yes. Um, and, it, so and that seems to come from brain injury or disease. So uh, fatigue is a big problem in Parkinson's disease. It's a warning sign for you know, whether you have Parkinson's disease. Um, fatigue is a big problem in multiple sclerosis. It's a big problem in traumatic brain injury. Um, it's a big problem in stroke. It's a big problem after you know after you have had cancer and you've had chemotherapy, which which has effects on the nervous system. So this sort of fatigue is is by no means limited to Gulf War illness. It's it has a broader scope. Got it. Yeah. 
So, so Dr. Wally, could you just uh, briefly tell veterans exactly what they could expect when they come here? I mean, how long is the study? Is it something that's done in an hour? Is it something that's done in several days? What, what will be required of them uh, during that study? So typically we have um, veterans come in for two days, uh, and that's because there are two parts to the study. There's, there's a paper and pencil um, assessment, which takes a, about two to three hours. And then there's the neuroimaging scan itself in the MRI machine, and that um, takes an hour in a, for scanning, but then there's a little bit of setup time. Uh, so we usually budget about two hours for that. So that can all be fit into one day, but it's a pretty exhausting day. Sure. And given that we're looking at fatigue itself, we it's better to sort of break that across two days if sure. possible. Veterans who are who want to be involved in this program, I mean, they can they can find information out on the website, right? KesslerFoundation.org. Right. Uh, they can uh, can they email you or, or contact you in any way or? Oh yeah, definitely email me. Um, I'm at gwiley at kesslerfoundation.org. That's G Wiley at G Wiley. Yep, G W Y L I E at KesslerFoundation.org. Incredible work! Uh, I can't thank you enough on behalf of the veteran community, and, and it just it just goes to show that Kessler Foundation is still out there at the at the forefront, having an impact on the veteran community, uh, helping people with disabilities, individuals with disabilities, veterans with disabilities. Uh, and Dr. Wiley, I think you're doing uh, incredible work. I think your study is incredibly important, uh, and I, I hope that, uh, and I'm confident that for years to come, we will be using your data and the research that you're providing uh, to fight on behalf of veterans. So thank you very much, Doctor. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. That's All great. Right. Yeah. Thanks. Yep.